game one was all about Tristan Jari, then you better believe game two was about the very same individual. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this one. Penguins 2, Islanders 1, and that really doesn't describe Game 2 of these Stanley Cup playoffs in any way, shape, or form. There were a lot of good scoring chances for both teams. Both goaltenders played really well, meaning Jari and Semyon Varlamov. It was Varlamov who got beat by the long-range wrister floater to open the scoring by Brian Rust. But it was Jari who made the difference. And when I say that, I'm not just referring to his own play. Remember, my biggest concern entering Game 2 wasn't Jari as much as it was how his teammates were going to react to his having struggled mightily in Game 1. Because if they started adjusting to his struggles and they became less aggressive because they'd lost confidence in him, then you would have seen this whole thing go kablooey. Instead, the exact opposite was what happened. The Penguins came out immediately as big-time aggressors. It's the best I'd seen them play all season. Now, that shouldn't be praise. That's what you expect from a playoff-level performance. You should always be better in your first playoff game than in any regular season game. But that wasn't the case in Game 1. As Mike Sullivan correctly noted after that, quote, we have more to give, end quote. And they did. And they did. I felt that the Penguins' performance in Game 1 was good enough for a win, but it wouldn't have won them any playoff series. They absolutely had more to give. Now, say what you want about, you know, eight-day layoff, uh, noon face-off, and whatever else here. And there's going to be other mitigating circumstances, but it was what it was. The team overall wasn't at its very best, at its peak. And the goaltender was about 75 miles below that. But here came game two. And here came a chance for Jari to provide to the rest of the team a reason to just keep building off what they did Sunday. And he did that. He made a couple of early saves. They weren't great spectacular saves, meaning these first ones. One was a blocker on Oliver Wallstrom, who, by the way, this kid is the Islanders' best shooter. Pay no attention to the overall statistics. He's a rookie and everything, uh, but my goodness, can he gun it. And he came 
through the neutral zone, crossed the blue line, cut across to the right, and got off a really hard wrist shot. Exactly the kind that was beating Jari. I mean, it did go to the blocker side instead of the glove, but Jari got enough of a piece of it that even though it got through him, it went to the right. That's a save. That's actually a very, very good save. About five, six minutes later, there was a scramble in front of the net. Looked pretty dire. Jari was equal to it. And the Penguins just kept being the aggressor. Even in the third period, after the Islanders had controlled the better part of the second, even after the Islanders had scored, yes, to the glove side again, although I'm not about to pin that one on Jari because Josh Bailey never should have been allowed to tap dance the way he did into the Pittsburgh slot. Jeff Carter in particular was really lax in his defending on that one. And actually the whole line, the whole Carter line, really let up there. Jari kept making saves. And all of the Penguins, yes, including the Carter line, bounced back and kept pressing. They came out after the second intermission. Ahead 2-1, to one, which is the score that, you know, was in place after game one. Only this time, they just kept pushing. They took the attack to Varlamov. They stayed in his kitchen. They stayed, even by the Penguins' modest standards in this facet, physical. They were winning puck battles on the boards. They couldn't quite match the solar flare intensity that they'd shown in the first period, but that wouldn't have been human. But they were able to ramp it back up and get the job done. And the reason they were able to do that was that A, Jari found himself, and B, they never doubted that he'd find himself. I asked Mike Sullivan about this very specific thing after the game. What did you think of Tristan's performance? And in turn, what did you think of the way your team showed confidence in him throughout? They didn't really stray from anything that you wanted them to do. No, I thought Tristan had a great game. You know, he's he's done that for us for most of this year. And uh, he's been a big Tristan part of the success one. that this team has enjoyed to this point. And so, you know, our, our players, our coaching staff, our management team, we have the ultimate faith in Tristan. He's he's a terrific goaltender. And he's shown it time and time again. It, you Mike, know, there was no it, doubt if, in my mind that he was going to come back and have a, have a solid says, effort. And, uh, and that's what he did for us tonight. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks, but not Fubo TV. It's just 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T, Sportsnet, Pittsburgh. There's no risk, no contracts, cancel anytime, not even any installation. It's just an internet thing. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. One more time, it's FuboTV.com slash DK to get 15% off your first month. Watching Jari bounce back the way he did provides me 
with confidence I couldn't have had after watching game one. Because he's the piece in the Jenga puzzle. As soon as you pull him out, the whole thing comes down. doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It just doesn't matter. Line combinations, Sid, Gino, Latang, none of this stuff matters. Who's hurt, who's isn't, doesn't matter if he would have kept playing the way he did because you don't even have Casey DeSmith to turn to. He needed to have that performance, and they, in turn, needed to believe that he'd have that performance. And they did. And they did. Mike Matheson, I thought, was outstanding on this subject. I mean, I I think we, uh, you know, that's his old self. That's his game, and and that's that's what we expect from him. And um, so I, I mean, I, I don't think it was anything out of the ordinary for him. As as crazy as that, as that sounds, he plays at such a high level, um, and, and so for for us to call that his norm is is pretty impressive, and and is a testament how good of a goalie he is. I've really really enjoyed communicating with that guy even though it's just been zoom calls and whatever and i'm really looking forward to working with him in person once all this stuff passes just a really really bright guy played a good game too by the way yeah he was out there for the carter shift as well but you know what we're i'm all right with just you know going dry erase board on the uh (laughs) on the carter shift yeah i asked jari too i asked what was different what did he change Tristan, from game one to game two, what was your thought process you know, following that game and then going into that one, and, and what went well for you tonight? Uh, I think I was just trying to keep it simple, just trying to get better than I was last game. I think that was something that I wanted to improve, was just be better tonight, and I think that was an easy thing to do for me. Not a man of many words, is he? That's fine. He doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to be. He made clear, everybody else made clear, they saw no difference in him from Sunday to this game, meaning how he was off the ice. Preparation, focus, emphasis, nothing, not a thing. And I know better than to ask about, well, did you concentrate on da 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 Because he never acknowledges anything. And, and you know what? He might be telling the truth. I've been saying here on this show for a long time now, He's a tough nut to crack. He's a tough one to understand. And it doesn't matter. Because if he comes out and plays like he did last night, then all things are possible for the Penguins. I'm not about to make any big grand predictions after this game any more than I was prepared to bury this team after game one. These are the playoffs. I've said Penguins in six all along. I'm sticking by Penguins in six. The Islanders, as everyone can plainly see, have a significant amount of talent, and they're a pretty good team. Oh, and by the way, they got their number one goaltender back last night, what I thought might have been a little bit of a questionable move on Barry Trotz's part. And he came out and showed really, really well. Good for him. Good for them. Good for this whole series. This could be fun. And I do believe that Pittsburgh will prevail. But here's the catch. We did see the Penguins 
last night at their best. Certainly in that first period, they are not capable of playing better than that. And sure, go ahead and, you know, point out that the power play was a big bummer and everything else. And it, I'm not saying they were perfect. But I am saying that that's the level to which they'll have to ratchet up the intensity night after night after night. And going to Long Island in that old barn, make sure that they can channel that crowd's energy into a positive for them the way they did with the 9,000 that were back at PPG Paints Arena last night. It's a series. It's a series. It's on now. This is an actual series. Thanks to the goaltender. When we come back, just one question. Time for just one question, and that's brought to you on this program always by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where the good people there are committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. And they, in turn, need your help. One dollar is equal to five full meals that get distributed. One dollar, five meals. Do the math on that and be generous. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org. One more time, it's Pittsburgh Food Bank, spell all three of those out, .org, to find out how this works and how you can make a difference. Question comes from SGM. Who says, this game was so incredible. My first game to be at live, and it was rocking. I don't really have anything to compare it to. So maybe someone who watched it on TV can tell me if you think it seemed loud and the ruckus in there showed from the TV, or if someone else was there, has been to other games, tell me how it compares. I thought the energy was unreal. I am now voiceless in my hotel room, but I am so happy they won. (laughs) That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, You know, I've got an admission to make. I went to this game not expecting things to be much different from the standard 4,672 who'd been coming into the place for quite a while now. And those people, bless their souls, were trying everything they could. But in addition to having a low number, they were also very, very spread out. And that was the bigger issue, because you couldn't start a chant. You didn't feel as emboldened to be as loud and obnoxious and everything else that you feel or want to express because, you know, you don't have loud and obnoxious immediately to your left and right to make it seem kind of okay. Wow, was I wrong. This this was a massive difference. Uh, it was it's, it's not like a full house. But it was way closer to full house than empty house. These people knew, just like the 4,672 knew, that they had to make a difference. 
and that even as just 9,000 people, that they were going to have to really let it fly. And they did that. Mike Sullivan praised the fans. Mike Matheson got specific and, 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 and thanked the fans for what they did to keep the Penguins aggressive in the third period. Roll your eyes at that stuff if you want, but they're the ones saying it, and they don't have to say that, you know? They're not in the PR business. They're out there to win games, and they felt that this helped them win this game. This was the largest gathering, by the way, of humans of any kind in Pittsburgh since the start of the pandemic. Pirates have been maxed out at 7,500. The Steelers, in the brief period they allowed fans at Heinz Field last fall, maxed out at 5,000. So this was this was a breakthrough thing uh, for the whole city. And to have it come in an event like this where the team responded the way they did, where the energy and the emotion that was being put down on the ice from the seats was reciprocated it was it was nice it was nice it was it was it was uh, i'm trying to avoid saying that it was emotional on more than one occasion uh in witnessing this funny sidebar i always 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 take my big, thick, noise-canceling headphones to every sporting event that I cover. I forgot them for the game last night. So I knew I was going to have to take in all the noise. And you know what? I'm glad I did. I'm glad it worked out exactly the way it did. I'll be on the road most of today heading out to Long Island to cover games three and four. We'll have another daily shot of Penguins tomorrow. University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.